Arizona schools restore a moment of silence. A singing trio is making some noise, if you understand Yiddish. And will the real Chayarechik please stand up? This is the Weekly Squeeze with Hanala and... Razy Freed! Razy Freed! What is cooking good looking? <laughs> I've been holding on to that line for a long time. Aw, thanks. Yeah. So if you don't know Razy Freed, you are in for a treat. Razy Freed is an extremely talented friend of mine, I hope. We'll see how things end up after this yeah, podcast. <laughs> I was going to say that. <laughs> Only time will tell. But she came out here from Yerushalayim, where she's staying for Pesach, to do the podcast with me and to spend some time with me because we are social media friends. And now, yes, this is one of those relationships that actually happened on social media. Yeah. I mean, I've been following and been a fan since high school, even before that, probably eighth grade, seventh grade, yeah. listening to your albums. Okay. Now I'm going to interrupt here. And tell you that Razy actually left a couple hours ago. And while I was going through the audio clips of our podcast, I realized that the microphones were on really hot. And there was a tremendous amount of distortion throughout the podcast. So what I'm actually going to do is re-record most of the podcast, try to share whatever is salvageable, because we did have a good conversation. Here's just a tiny little clip, because she did slap all the way from your shalim, and I feel really bad about this. So here's Razie and I having a little laugh about the differences in our Yiddish. But what about... I don't know what... I don't, want, I don't know what okay. language I have. My grandmother, she, it might a be coming from Belgium. A cold as a blanket. Cold it or a pillow. Dach, dach, ne. No, we didn't use that word. Okay, it's another Yiddish word. Are you sure you guys speak Yiddish? (laughs) Yes. Okay, both are Kakletin, is that a word? Pantoffel? No. uh, It's slippers. But you can also say papuch. Papuch is more Hungarian. No, pantoffel we used. Yes. Whatever. Or shtekshik. Shtekshik is also Yiddish. What about shtikdrek? I heard that a lot growing up. (laughs) Shtikdrek. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) That took you a second reason. Yeah, because I was thinking it's one word. You made it sound like one word. I'm like, shtikdrek? It was one word. Another thing we talked about is the food shortages that happen around Yom Tif time. I showed her a picture of an empty shelf of cream cheese not expecting her reaction. She was not pleased. Take a listen. Yeah, I live in Israel. There's cheese. always a shortage. There's a shortage of eggs. There's a shortage of matzah. There's a, every year the Jews make a panic. There's no, a we shortage have with the milchiks. With the milchiks before Shavias. And yeah. there's always such chaos and tons of posts about, okay, this store has left. And they're getting tons of publicity for not supplying us with enough of what we need. Racy's agitated. <laughs> <laughs> We've touched the nerve. It's not fair. <laughs> Another thing that we talked about was how exciting it was for Razi finally to be back in Eretz Yisrael after four years of trying to get in and missing family, simchas, so on and so forth. So I was trying to explain to her that things can be really complicated in Israel because there's so many opinions and so many ideas. And she accidentally slipped and said something. Well, just have a listen. Not very into the bainkluch and the throwing and the cheers. I don't know exactly. It's complete chaos. We are lucky if they come to pick up our garbage, Razi. I don't think you understand how 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 difficult it is to run a country. Like for today, for example, I actually wanted to go to Yerushalayim because there's a flag parade. There's supposed to be a flag parade. A, right, a very right-wing extreme party is marching in the old city with their flags. And, you know, despite the fact that Hamas said that their finger's on the trigger, they're marching and they feel like, you know what, too bad. This is Eretz Yisrael. This is our flag. Kishmir and Tochis, or whatever, Kishmir and whatever you say, how do you say Arabic for... Um, for behind. I'm not sure. My Arabic. I have to work on my Arabic. <laughs> no, no, you can't say that. We're going to have to bleep oh, it out. This <laughs> is a family-friendly oh podcast, Razy. I have an Israeli husband. It's not going to help anyone. Great. I know all the words. That's great. Yeah, so do I. Because I have an what Israeli husband. What does it mean, husband. by the way? What does it mean? Um... <laughs> It's very dirty. Yeah, yeah. Anyways. I don't know. <laughs> 
Yeah, so that was a funny moment. There are a couple more that I'm going to share with you throughout the podcast, but let's get to some of the top stories that are happening around the world and in Israel today. Now, this is very exciting if you are engaged in terrorist activities or have been making makeshift bombs in your backyard or playing with explosives. A Qatar-funded hospital in Gaza is providing high-tech bionic limbs to Palestinian amputees for free. So basically that means that anyone who lost a limb can now get a new limb that will help them carry on with their lives, hold their kids' hands, carry home bags from the shuk. And then if the mood strikes, they can actually use this removable limb as a weapon to attack Jews. It's, it's actually a beautiful thing. Every community has gemachim. You know, you have a pacifier gemach, you have gaun gemachim, you have formula gemachim. And in Gaza, you have limb gemachim, so that no citizen should ever be without a hand to stab a Jew with. So thank you, Qatar, for lending a hand, no pun intended, so that guys like Mohammed Abed, who lost his hand while participating in the Great March of Return in 2018, so he can get back to work at the balloon factory, where his job is to tie the balloons to gasoline tanks and send them over into Israel's forests. That's right. Another story that had me chuckling was that of Israeli astronaut Eitan Stiebe, whose return to Earth was delayed yet again on Tuesday due to weather conditions. Honestly, if I could send him any message, I would just say, stay in space as long as possible. Things are completely chaotic here in Israel. And considering the things that I've seen on the roads here during Cholamite, if you have some peace and quiet up in space, there is no rush to get back here. Just... Stay put. I think there are a lot of Israeli parents that would be happy to change places with you. So sit tight and enjoy. As a matter of fact, I would just stay there till the summer's over, but that's your call. I don't know what kind of arrangements you have with the Israeli astronaut Department of Internal Affairs, but, you know, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, the same government that sends you to space is actually not going to be here when you get back because the, well, the whole thing is a mess, okay? So just do just... Take a trip. Just keep rotating, man. Keep rotating. Hamatzav alapanim, as they say. So just stay out of trouble. Speaking of people who did not stay out of trouble, singer-songwriter Shlomo Gronich caused an uproar on Tuesday evening when he made racist comments following a concert that he put on at the Ein Gev Festival up north. He told the audience, you are a great audience. Everyone here is Ashkenazi and you sing beautifully and there is not even a single chachim which is a derogatory slang uh, referring to Spartan in the entire audience. So everybody kind of laughed and then they kind of got a little awkward and uncomfortable. And then the journalist who was hosting the event put him on the spot and said, did you not notice that the entire people of Israel are sitting here in the audience? And that is what makes this audience so beautiful because your songs and our songs belong to all of them, Ashkenazi and Sephardi. So poor Mr. Gronich had to go back on stage with his tail between his legs and apologize for what Minister Arya Derry called a disgraceful display of sickening racism. He said he's a despicable man. How has he not been thrown? There was more outrage about this chak comment than Will Smith smacking someone at the Oscars. I mean, personally, I'm not offended by the word chak Maybe it's because I'm only half a chak Maybe it's because I don't understand exactly what a chak is. On the other hand, I have seen Ashkenazim dancing at a concert to Middle Eastern music, and that is also very offensive. So personally, I just think everyone should just call it a day. 
We have bigger gefilte fish to fry. Get it? Gefilte fish? Because he's an Ashkenazi and he's bald and it looks a little bit like... Okay, whatever. Never mind. Let's talk about a Sephardi singer who's bald. His name is Aya Golan. I'm sure you've heard of him. He wrote the song, Mishama Min Lomefached. He actually sang at one of my cousin's weddings here in Israel. He's a big superstar. And he made the news today because he removed the letter Yud from his name to reflect the idea that one Yud is enough. So he had two Yuds in his name, Aleph Yud Yud Lamed, and he took out one and now it's just Aleph Yud Lamed. The name, in effect, is pronounced the same way, spelled the same way in English, but this is advice that he got from a rabbi here in Israel, and you know how Sephardim are when it comes to their rabbis and their superstitions. So, Hamsala Panimeela, congratulations to Ayagolan, now still called Ayagolan, but with one Yud. That's right. All right, I just want to take a minute to remind you that dailygiving.org is a brilliant concept that was created to help streamline charity. Their vision is that every single Jew should give $1 a day into a giant virtual tzedakah box, and then from that tzedakah box, they can support all those organizations that need our money so desperately and are always trying to reach out to us in so many different ways. Plus, you get the mitzvah of giving tzedakah every single day, and we know that's tzedakah tatzil mimaves, and there's no better feeling than getting an email every single day that says, congratulations, today you did a mitzvah, today you gave tzedakah, and your dollar went here, there, and there. In honor of your grandmother, in honor of your grandfather, in honor of your children, you are a mitzvah girl or boy. So sign up for dailygiving.org slash the weekly squeeze so that they know we sent you and be part of this massive universal campaign to get all of the Jewish people giving a dollar a day to tzedakah. And that, my friends, is what's going to bring Mashiach and get all of you free tickets to Israel mask-free. Okay, so now let's talk about a story that has absolutely nothing to do with me, but I'm going to take full credit for it because Esther Alush is the woman behind the man that is behind the governor of Arizona who just signed House Bill 2707, the moment of silence bill, into law, ensuring that Arizona students in public and charter schools have the opportunity to take a moment of silence at the beginning of each school day. First of all, this is so exciting because the Lubavitcher ever spoke about this so many times how important it is for public schools to have a moment of silence, just like they have the Pledge of Allegiance. Every single child should take 60 seconds to think about a greater force than them in this world. It'll give them purpose and stop them from shooting up their friends and taking drugs and doing all the stupid things. Yes, one moment of prayer is all it takes to take a kid from being a reject that wants to murder his classmates to being a sensible child who recognizes that the world is not about him, but a greater force in the universe that loves him and appreciates him and values him. So Esther and Pinchas Alush went to the governor and said, listen, governor, I wasn't there, but I'm assuming they said, listen, governor, I was roommates with Hannah Lefelig and she inspired me to be a better person and I want to inspire you to be a better person so that you can inspire the entire state of Arizona to be better people by instituting a moment of prayer in the classroom. So I'm going to take full credit for this because Esther was my roommate and clearly I had a very good influence on her. So congratulations, Esther and Pinchas Alush, for doing something that is so necessary and wonderful um, for the children of Arizona. 
And it's really beautiful to see because Esther came to Florida when I was, I think, in third grade. She didn't speak a word of English. Her family came from Venezuela. And she was always this beautiful, smiley, friendly Spanish girl. We became very good friends. She went to high school with me in Montreal. She was my roommate in seminary in Krakabad. She actually loved Israel so much that she made Aliyah. And the joke is that she's living in Arizona and I'm living in Israel. Well, it's not really a joke because the joke is that she's doing very, very big things. And I'm doing podcasts on Instagram. I guess the joke's on me. That's right. Okay, now I'm going to share a little clip from when Razi and I discussed our next news story. We got into Yiddish. Razi was very, very excited. Well, have a listen. I know of the Barry sisters because I did a oh, cover I of Bamir Bistuchin, oh right? Bamir. Oh my God. I love the Yiddish love songs. Right. I'm so sorry for so, whoever's listening and is triggered by this. So it's, it's so cute. Right. So it's funny that you say love songs. There's a song about Rezale. Rezale with the grobe fieseler. Razel with the fat feet? <laughs> it doesn't translate well, Yiddish. Razel with the fat feet is not as nice no, as Razel with the grabe grabe fiesel. Grabe fiesel. And, and I do have fat feet, so, you know. So you, you felt connected to the song. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, listeners, I'm not, I don't see Razel's feet to me. She looks lovely and slim. I'm going to take her word for it, but I highly doubt it. So, okay, so what brought on this conversation is a story I read in the Times of Israel about the Mamalas. The Mamalas are a new Yiddish singing group consisting of three girls, Maya Jacobson, Raquel Noble, and Jody Snyder, all three very lovely Jewish girls who have gotten together to be a new Yiddish singing trio, despite the fact that none of them actually speak Yiddish fluently, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, they want to make Yiddish romantic again, because this is a family-friendly show. We're going to use the word romantic. Now, these three describe themselves as Muppety, Vaudevillian, Mischievous, Frumpy Clowns, okay? And they are hoping to go viral at some point. The, the whole... Okay, let me just recap. So they don't really speak Yiddish. They're three clowns, and they hope to go viral. Um, okay, that's cool. Well... Right now, you're less famous than Hanala Music. As a matter of fact, now that we discussed you on the weekly podcast, you're more famous than you were five seconds ago. So, Zagizunt. <laughs> now, another group of Jews who heard Zagizunt this week <laughs> so retarded. Seriously? I don't know what is going on in the airline industry. But this week, airlines Wizz Air dumps Tel Aviv passengers 177 miles from intended destination. <laughs> This is hilarious. Travelers on a Wiz Air flight. Okay, just a, who books a flight on a Wiz Air? Wiz with two Zs. Wiz Air flight. Tra- if you went on a Wiz Air flight, you deserve what you got. But regardless, this is the story. Travelers on Wiz Air flight from Tel Aviv to Gatwick had a rough landing this week when their plane landed hours late and 177 miles away from their intended destination at Doncaster Sheffield Airport. Not only that, but they were reportedly told to find their own way home early in the morning with no transportation available, leaving Israeli passengers particularly confused as to where they were and how to get to London. What could I say? Who asked you to leave Eretz Yisrael for Pesach? Just stay, stay here in Eretz Everything is perfect here. The buses are running on time. The train is running on time. The Arabs are running on time. Everything is working like clockwork. The falafel stores are open. Everybody's fressing left and right. What do you have to go to London for? Seriously, you go to London. There's complications. You can't get Easter weekend. You know what cracks me up is that Israelis are actually shocked when they're mistreated out of the country. They're just like, we're, what? We're, we're, we're not in Israel now. Why are you treating us like garbage? We could have stayed in Israel and 
and been treated like garbage for free in our own language. Thank you very much. Viz was your line. That's right. Okay, and now a little more from our interview with Razi. They're tative at Koifen Shichel. Oh, Pachi, 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 Hendelach, Mami, Koifen Shichel, Tati, Koifen Zakelach. Yeah, I know this. Good times, Razi. Good times. All right, and now for my favorite part of this podcast, let's talk about social media. There was such a Meshuggah story that that it's actually still unfolding that I'm going to attempt to share the the drama and the trauma that is going on in Chayrechik's life. Now, Chayrechik is a hysterical girl. She lives in London. She's originally from California, where she is now preemptive. And her life just was turned upside down over the last 24 hours because the Washington Post doxed a Twitter account that has 845,000 followers. And this Twitter account is a right-wing account that is very, uh, let's just say, uh, not woke. Let's say the opposite of woke. Now, doxing an account means that the person behind the account wants to remain private until they're exposed and their address and their phone number and all their contact information is put on the internet. So as it turns out, the woman behind this Twitter account called the Libs of TikTok, her name is Chayarechik. Now, there is a Chayarechik that we know on Instagram, and this is not the Chayarechik that everyone's talking about on Twitter, but people don't know that. So Chayarechik on Instagram is being flooded with hate messages from all kinds of woke people that don't like this Twitter account's views and she is busy defending herself and cheering all day long that she is not the racist, uh, bigoted, right-wing Chayrechik from Twitter. And I would just like to say Chayrechik, the one on Instagram, I wish I had those problems. I wish that overnight they would find out that some massive Instagram account was being run by Hanala Music and everybody would just flood my account trying to figure out if that was me. As they say, no press, all press is good press. I might just open a Twitter account called the Weekly Squeeze Racist Edition and, you know, see what happens. You know, you got to be open-minded. Not all traffic comes from the conventional methods. You got followers on Instagram, just be happy and count your blessings. I mean, your followers. Now, another very exciting thing that took place this week, I updated my phone and I discovered that not only does Apple now have a matzah emoji, but they also have a man who ate too much matzah emoji. If you look up, quote, pregnant man, you will find a man with a massive belly that looks exactly like your husband after he finished his 14th matzah pizza. (laughs) So congratulations to the Jewish people who now have representation for all the chassidish guys eating kugel in Williamsburg on Thursday night. I also want to share a joke. Now, I don't have an audience here to laugh at my joke, so I'm just going to pause for a second, let you laugh, and appreciate that, especially considering that this is not my joke. It actually belongs to Ellie Leibovich on Twitter. Thank you, Ellie Leibovich, for giving me no permission to repeat your joke, but probably not minding anyway, because we're Jewish. You know, we don't do the whole copyright thing. Pesach is an important holiday for our people, as it's the last time a group of Jews left somewhere on time. That's Ellie's joke, not mine. So if you're not laughing, take it up with Ellie. If you are laughing, thank you very much. I delivered it myself. Another exciting transition that took place this week is that the Meaningful Minute podcast has a new co-host. Now, I don't know who the co-host was before. 
I don't know who this co-host is now, but he kind of looks like Yakov Shweki. If you ordered Yakov Shweki on AliExpress, <laughs> he's like a watered-down version of Yakov Shweki. I guess you'll have to check out the picture. But here's Nachi and Momo Bauman, the new co-host of the Meaningful People podcast. New duo, same mission, new episode drops, 4.30, Good luck to the Meaningful People of the Meaningful People podcast. Also, if you're listening from Orlando, I just want to remind you that Orlando is Florida. And in Florida, there are massive alligators that sometimes come out of the creeks and walk up to your house and just eat you alive. So be careful when you're taking out the garbage. If you see a crocodile, just mind your own business, back up very slowly, go back into your house in Orlando, and maybe not come back next year so that the Floridians can enjoy Florida for Pesach for a change. By the way, what I wouldn't give to see a Hamish guy open up the door in Orlando, good morning, Florida, and then see a massive two-ton alligator on the lawn. But don't worry, Floridian alligators only eat liberals, so you'll be okay. That's right. Two more small stories. Congratulations to the lead singer of the Nuriel Band, who had twins over Yumtif, and my condolences for your music career that just went out the window. In other music news, Waterbury Masifta, the group that brought you Tati My King, has an a cappella album coming out called Songs of the Soul, produced by Hillel Kapnick, and I'm sure that's going to be beautiful. Looking forward to that. I also have an a cappella song coming out, so that's exciting. I hope everyone enjoys the Amtif wherever you are. Alligator free, cockroach free, so we can appreciate the freedom that we have to enjoy our freedoms and be free. And on that very deep thought, I am going to wish you a good Chavez. We will see you next week. <laughs>